We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you on November 14th. It's about 9.45. I'm joined as always by Josh Bow of uh, Maz Moneyball. The Mavericks <laughs> just uh, just played, I don't know, one of the worst games. Um, I mean, certainly the worst game of this season. Uh, and what may hopefully be the worst game of, of this season as well they lost to the new orleans pelicans 131 110 in a group play game uh on the road in new orleans and i i just i wrote the recap for this game i just don't know how to talk about this game (laughs) i just I, i don't know how to talk about it because i am as mad as i have been about a game in a really really long time really really long time yeah, well, I think it's, you know, it was a, it's Luca is where we have to start with, unfortunately. Um, it's one thing when a team kind of loses and they just don't have, you know, we see, we see teams struggle with their shot. We've seen the Mavericks struggle with their threes, but still yep. try to do some other things uh, to get back into the game. But this was a game, even though it technically wasn't over. In the first quarter, I mean, Luca's first quarter performance was maybe the worst quarter. That's the worst eight minutes of basketball I've ever seen him play. Yes. I mean, and, you know, I'm not going to say I watched every single one of his Real Madrid games. I mean, there might be a claim that that was the worst he's ever played in professional basketball, or at least in like the last 10 years or so. Um, Our our friend, uh, I think it's Jared, Jared Dublin. Dubin. Dub, or Jared Dub, Dubin, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. He um, 
he was like, they forced Luca into six turnovers in 10, 10 minutes, which I feel like has to be some sort of record. Um, he said the record since 1996, 1997 is actually seven. This is just the 40th time someone has had six turnovers in a single quarter. So 40th time uh, since 1996. Uh, 1996 was a pretty long time ago, as much as I don't want that to be the truth. It, it was. So this was, there was some talk about after this game that it was like, well, guys aren't perfect. They're allowed to have bad games. This I, wasn't yeah. just a bad game. This was historically bad from Luca, which was just, you know, that's just unfortunate. I mean, we've seen Luca play shit games for years. They played <laughs> down to opponents for years. So like, I am going to lose my fucking mind at the people that are like, well, this is just another bad Luca game. No, yeah. no, he played so bad that, I mean, they effectively pulled him that I don't think that's happened before. I mean, he, so I want to work our way back to the first quarter because that's where the game was lost. But in the third quarter, on a basic ball reversal pass to Kyrie Irving, he was at kind of the right wing. Kyrie was towards uh, uh, off to the center, but more towards the top of the key. He was being guarded by Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram, not exactly the world's best defender. Brandon Ingram was also playing fairly off Kyrie. Luca passed it to Brandon Ingram, not to Kyrie Irving, to Brandon Ingram. It wasn't like a... Like, it was to the point to where I started to wonder if something was wrong with him. I mean, he looked physically bad before the game. Um, I wrote in my recap, and I want to be very, very, very fucking careful here because I cannot help myself. I wrote in my recap that New Orleans takes the best. You know, It, it, it can take a man down because it, it can. I've been there. Have you been to New Orleans? Oh, I've been to New Orleans. <laughs> I've been to New Orleans. So let's just say Luka Doncic two days in, in New Orleans was a, was a recipe from the start. And, you know, he's an adult. All the Mavericks are adults. I'm sure it wasn't just him, but they looked like they had seen better days is the way that I'm going to, to try to phrase that. And I, I just, it's nine games into the season, guys. Have some discipline. Yeah, that that's to see this happen so early is definitely frustrating. Um, There's going to be let me get this off my chest too. There's going to be a tendency from different people, and I understand why because there's a lot with 82 games. There's an inclination to say, "All right, chalk this up, move on to the next." I can't do that because I live and die with every game. I watch these games. We cover these games. We write three to four things for every game that's out there. Sometimes more. So when I see a performance like this, it's it's insulting to me, but it's also should be insulting to the rest of the fans. So I'm not going to just say, oh, okay, well, we're just going to chalk this up and move it on. This team is not good enough to pull this shit. They missed the playoffs last year. Grow up. Yeah, I mean, like there's a balance. Like we can talk about this game. Like it's, it is one game out of 82. They're still eight and three. Tonight doesn't erase the the ten game start, which is one of the best in franchise history. But this was a bad like this we're here to talk game. about the game. The start so, is still good. Eight yeah. and three is a great start. We're here to talk yeah. about the game, and it was yeah. a bad game. So like we're gonna talk about how bad the game was because it was. I mean, it was really bad. I mean, we've had. I've kind of kept notice of. Uh, I know we've talked about it in Slack before, Kirk. I've talked about it with you about like how this Mavericks team dating back to last season just never gets blown out. Um, yeah. Their last 20 plus uh, 20 point loss or more 
I mean, they actually they lost by 20 to the Spurs in the last game of the regular season, but I'm not really going to count that because that was, you know, of course, no one played in that game. In games that they were trying to win, it it is you have to go back to deep into last season. Um, and remember, they were really bad last season. I mean, I'm I'm looking through right now trying to find the last time they lost by 20 points outside of that, you know, final game to the Spurs. And it looks like it was Chicago on December 10th. The Mavericks were 13 and three at that point. They finished with over 40 losses. Like this team, because of their ridiculous three point shooting, they just keep themselves in games. And that just underscores how bad this game was because they did hit their threes, sort of. Um, They hit 14 three pointers. It wasn't a great percentage, but they did hit, you know, they weren't like 20%. Like like they didn't have like a catastrophically bad Mm -hmm. shooting. That just goes to show how awful they were in terms of elsewhere in the game, their effort. Um, I mean, it was it was just it was bad. I didn't like the body. You know, one more thing, like Luca. Like I'm seeing some people already tell me, like, oh, there's something wrong with the like Luca. The courts are messing up Luca because he has he has 17 turnovers in the two tournament games. And look, even if that is the case, the color of the courts are not forcing him to jog no. back in transition. <laughs> Um, the Mavericks gave up 40, holy crap. What was it? 46 fast break points. Like, I don't care if the court is on fire and rotating in circles. Like <laughs> that's embarrassing. You 46. Fa- I Kirk, when's the last time you watched a game where a team had 40 fast break points? I cannot tell you. I cannot remember. Maybe a Suns game back in the Nash days like this. I mean, that's, and so that's what, that's what makes the rest of what happened so difficult to talk about because I firmly believe that Luca is responsible for the tone set for this team tonight and everyone else played like shit as a result of his horrible start I mean there were some some comedically bad turnovers Kyrie had one where he was dribbling up the left side of the floor on a fast break and lost it out of bounds pulling up for a jump shot the, that was his only the, turnover, funny enough yeah right he played <laughs> Kyrie actually Kyrie played a pretty amazing yeah. basketball game to be honest um yeah. It's just it's like the 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 ball has energy. If any of you have ever played yep. competitive sports, like there is a quicksand is a real thing. You can get stuck in it as a team. And if your best player is the one who drove you into the pit, it's pretty maddening. I mean, Lucas pulled himself up out of stuff before. So I have people t- tell me not to overreact. I am not overreacting to the season. I'm overreacting to the game. And the Mavericks had up until now played through some really frustrating situations where they got down by double digits and pulled out, which is, you know, we mentioned that as we talked about the games, the fact that it really looked like Luca gave up in the first quarter. Yes, that's, that's the alarming thing. He gave up is what it looked like. And then they never had their juice again. Yeah. And he's, he's the best. I mean, he's the best player like other people. I mean, I know that they're all adults. Like this isn't like kids, but Mm. you follow the leader for that, by the you, way. I know, but you follow the leader. Like <laughs> you, you're the best player. You set the tone, even if you're not the most vocal guy. Like your energy can rub off on other players. Like we've seen when Luca is playing really good defense and really into the game, like that rubs off. And if that can rub off, and people compliment Luca, like look how much he's firing up the team with his effort and his defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, their side of the spectrum is when he's in a game that he clearly has no business wanting to be a part of, which is, you know, that's going to, 
you know, what are the other players going to think? Like, oh man, Luca doesn't have it. Well, uh, you know, I guess this isn't our. You know what I mean? Well, even if it's, it's human, if it's conscious or not, that's what happens. Right, right. So, right. It's it's yeah. It's it's not it's not necessarily that like the guys are looking at him going, well, he's quitting. I'm going to quit too. It's just a natural human tendency cool. that when your best player isn't doing well, you, it just kind of you know that that energy kind of flows through the rest of the well team. and the, the turnovers are what made me nuts but here's what like the defense for him was also pretty maddening on a day where we all learned because none of us knew this stuff Nikias Duncan put it out that Luca is basically getting attacked more in iso situations prior to tonight's game more than any other player in the league and is giving up 0.83 points per possession where he is isolated and if you don't understand what that means, I'll just tell you that before tonight, Luca was borderline elite as a defensive stopper in isolation in isolation situations. He's been playing great defense. So to see him die on the vine tonight was just it's like, come on. I mean, this is where I, and we can move on to other players. I'm sure people are talking to me about this. If Luca wants to be the best player on the planet, this cannot happen like this. You are allowed to have bad games. You are not allowed to quit. You are not allowed to stop. You keep coming and you keep coming and you find a way to help your team win. You know, we've seen it with Jokic. We've seen it with Giannis. And even to a point, we've seen it with Embiid, even though I don't like Embiid very much. Um, <laughs> that, that took a lot for you. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. I believe in Luka Doncic. I want <laughs> to see him become the best player on the planet. I want him to silence all these haters. But I am growing increasingly frustrated with the fact that he makes a lot of us look stupid at the worst possible times in really bad ways. It's like, come on, push through. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's one thing if it was like, if he had this quarter, we would still have to talk about it. Yes. But it never got better. Like, it just, that was probably the most discouraging part of it. Was it, it didn't look like there was an attempt at any point in the game to change the gears that were turning for him, the, for whatever whatever happened. And it wasn't on the second night of a back-to-back um, they didn't travel between games, so there's no jet. Like, I mean, they they were in his hotel. He wasn't in his own bed, but like, mm. this wasn't a condition. You know, I can understand some things a little bit more if this was third game in four nights, maybe in Denver altitude, or you're going from East Coast to West Coast. You know, none of that happened. They're in the same time zone as Dallas. Um, I think is New Orleans. New Orleans is in the Central Time Zone, right? Uh, I'm. Feel like I mean, at least, now. but still, it was just it was. There weren't conditions for him to have a game like this, other than the stuff that we don't necessarily want to talk about. Being in New Orleans for for two nights in a row, but uh, but yeah, like that's just that's the other disappointing part of it. Was it just kind of? I mean, for some of us, it didn't come out of nowhere. But if you just looked at the schedule, you're like, wait, what? Yeah. But uh, and also, what's really frustrating is we've talked. How long have we been talking? I don't know how long we've been talking so far, but we haven't really talked about like the game game. We're like talking about these in energy level and focus and effort. Like we want to talk about like, hey, what's this lineup doing? What's this rotation? Coaches, these plays and stuff. And it you can't even talk about it with this game because that stuff doesn't matter because Luca made it irrelevant with how he played in the first quarter because mm-hmm. the game was pretty much over from there. Mm-hmm. That sucks. Well, the the one kind of consoling factor is that the NBA seems to have lost its collective mind tonight um, <laughs> because there were three ejections a minute and 43 seconds into the Golden State Warriors and um, 
uh, Timberwolves game with Draymond Green uh, uh, putting Rudy Gobert in a headlock, like coming flying in like a wrestling match. It seems that there was a uh, a double technical on Santi Aldama and Anthony Davis, and then D'Angelo Russell and Desmond Bain, also a technical foul on, to, on uh, Grizzlies coach Taylor Jenkins. So that game's going to get testy. Like, as, as our contributor SJ Basketball says, players care about the end season tournament. Who knew that competitive sociopaths would care about something that was completely arbitrary. Who knew? <laughs> That's so funny. You're talking about the, I know we're, we need, we need to get back to the game, but uh, former SB nation writer uh, Zeet, uh, Zeet's uh, on Twitter. <laughs> he reacted to the, the Draymond chuckle and he said, put him in the Taz mission. <laughs> and if you're, if you're a nineties wrestling fan, <laughs> Uh, that hits a little. That hits really well. I it's really. Funny. I haven't thought of that guy in twenty years. That's a great <laughs> I, reference. I know. Uh, that really got me going. But, so right, we need to we need to laugh uh, when you watch Mavs. I do. Like I feel. This. I yeah. feel a little. I feel a there little better now after yeah. that because I was. I, I. I just. I needed something because this game stunk. There wasn't anything. You know. Well, and then shout out to our guy, Jack, who needed to be called off the recap at the last minute. So I wasn't even really playing it. And then I had to take all these notes and all my notes are like angry. It's great. You can tell like I just start writing in caps and then, yeah. you know. And then it's like, it didn't even matter. It was like, why did I even write notes? Because it's like the team didn't really, like, well, you know, it was one of those games where it didn't, like nothing mattered because they just didn't. So let's let's want... talk about some of the other things yeah. that were downhill from Luca. So yeah. the turnovers and the transition defense. Are we worried about the transition defense in general, or are we mainly thinking that tonight was such a bad result of so many horrendous live ball turnovers? I don't think you're going to see the Mavericks give up 40 plus points in transition in another game this season. Um, oh, I'll say that. Oh, yeah, they give up not. so many points in the paint, it'd be really difficult, yeah. you know. But we they don't need two things to worry about. But I mean, we're we're trend we're at a trend, right? I mean. Mm -hmm. The defense has not been good for most of the season uh, overall. There's been some some moments. Uh -huh. They've had some combinations of lineups that have played well in spurts. But overall, I mean, they entered tonight, I think, 23rd in defense uh, on cleaning the glass, which gets rid of garbage time, which is I think is important because they've had a couple of garbage, you know, I think this is their third okay. straight garbage time game. Um, so that, you know, cleaning the glass uh, takes out garbage time possessions to give you a little bit more of a better picture. So, I mean, their paint defense and transition defense has been bad uh, all season, and their transition defense has been pretty bad in the Luka era. I don't want to necessarily tie that into Luka because it's not just Luka. They've got some space cadets over the years um, in transition. So, yeah, this is a thing. Like, this is the extreme outlier of – not outlier, but this is like the extreme end of the spectrum uh, of mm -hmm. what it can look like when every single thing – goes wrong but they've been a bad transition defensive team even during the eight and two start they were a bad transition defensive team last season they were bad points in the paint team last season guarding the rim they've been bad again this season um so is yeah. it scheme is it personnel is it effort I don't understand what they're doing on a scheme defensively because I've just watched so many bad Dallas defensive teams where I feel like that they are coached into letting guys drive past them. <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know about that yeah i there's definitely some of it is is players and effort i mean when you have Kyrie and luca there's gonna be some slippage there but like we, we we just went over how luca's actually been pretty okay and i think yeah. kyrie has been passable too i've not i mean there have been games where i've watched Kyrie and kind of and, rolled my and eyes and specifically that stat was like isolation so yeah. no that's true you know all, that doesn't count off ball that doesn't count transition so 
And those are some of the biggest weaknesses, I think. Um, you know, they're starting a 19-year-old center. Um, this is, I don't know. They just they just probably need a little bit more reinforcements before I start looking at scheme. Because I don't know what scheme with the roster they have. Well, do you is think it's him? I don't think games. it's lively at the rim. No, I don't think no. lively is a problem. I think it's the guys who are escorting people to yeah. lively. Yeah, he's in a lot of bad situations. Do you remember the the second Tyson season? So the the twenty fifteen yeah. Tyson season. Mm-hmm. I remember that team was not great defensively at times, and it wasn't Tyson's fault. Like it was just blow by like he just had two on ones at the rim continuously and when you're a big man rotating over like you know what are you going to do let them score the layup now you're going to rotate over try to prevent it but then you get an easy drop off because your team isn't you're the other the other teammates are letting you down so that's definitely part of it one thing with lively i've noticed if i want to offer a slight critique uh which is again he's 19 like it's not a big deal uh it it happens he's going to learn and he's going to get better I feel like he feels very conscious of the fouling and his foul Mm. trouble to the point that he, I think is not as aggressive at times when he can be at the rim, because you can almost see the gears turning when a player is getting at him at the rim where he's like, okay, don't want to pick up a cheap foul here. going to try to contest. And then before you know it, that guy's kind of sliding by him and getting a layup. That's interesting. Uh, And I almost wonder if the foul trouble thing has been, drilled into his head whether it's coaching staff or just himself like he's smart enough guy to know that that foul trouble is is one of his weaknesses i just wonder if he's overcompensating a little bit um because there are certainly some plays at the rim where he's there and he's staying floor bound which in the long run is probably smart because if he jumps he's gonna get called for a foul especially as a rookie but i've just seen some plays where he gets scored through at the rim because i think he's trying to uh not get into foul trouble he's thinking about the fouls so um, that's part of it. And then, you know, again, they just, they need better perimeter defenders. Like, I mean, we talked earlier, like I'm not seeing the Josh Green defensive leap in year four, which I think we would like to. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. can still be a space cadet off the ball. Uh, Dwight Powell, as we love, is a backup big. It's not his fault this game, but you know, he's not, you're not bringing him in for lively and getting an upgrade at the rim defensively. And then Grant Williams and Derek Jones Jr. do have some really good possessions, but they're they're both six six, so there's times where they're just going to get scored on in the paint through no fault of their own. Just they're just smaller guys, so that's tough. They they play us. They're bigger than they were last season, but they're still kind of small. Especially if Lively isn't cleaning up every single mistake, which shouldn't be expected of him as a 19 year old rookie. So okay, that's interesting. I that you know not to give you an assignment live on yeah. air but that that's that a couple of things I, I would i would maybe watch that about his foul like his lack of fouling because i mean when you only have Dwight Powell behind you because they're just they're not going to play um they're Holmes. they're not they're not going to play Holmes uh yeah. it's that that's a done deal i they'll they'll probably try to find a way to move him um i think they thought they could have moved him this summer so that you know which is disappointing. So I like I like Holmes's game, but it just doesn't seem like he's going to get a chance. So with, with that in mind, I kind of understand why Lively's doing that. But Powell's been serviceable. Powell looks like you know I kept. Uh, he's doing fine. He's out of. He's doing fine to find. Powell's offensive rating prior to today was 178. <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw that. Uh, <laughs> it that sounds about like, right. Personal offensive rating doesn't really matter, but it's so freaking funny to look at. Um, shout out to the guy who sent me that uh, on Twitter a couple of days ago, and then I saw a couple of people sharing it today. It's very funny. Um, trying to think of like there's anything else where 
I really have like not like concerns, but elements of of this game that we could carry over to the next one. I mean, they play the Washington Wizards tomorrow night. Uh, they're probably on a plane now. Um, that game is at six o'clock our time, so it's essentially uh, it's it's an this is the second time this year the Mavericks are playing the second night of a back to back less than twenty four hours after the previous game started. Like oh, yeah, because the other one was Orlando, so again, uh-huh. going, so they, going to the east. And, yeah. and that's just a peculiar schedule quirk. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, you know, again, this team's this team's too uh this team is too I don't know. They I'm not worried about them. If it were game 50, I think I'd be a little, but they they've not played enough. Um, they've not played enough. So <laughs> Richard Case says, stop defending Dwight. He sucks. Dwight does not suck. Dwight is just not a starter. Like everything, you know, he <laughs> He had ten. He was the guy with all the rebounds in the previous game when uh, Lively didn't have any. It's just that it, it, would I like to have other backup bigs? Absolutely. I just yeah. But he only know. played eleven minutes. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I saw somewhere in the comments that Cliff said any concern with New Orleans aggressively question. helping off uh, Derek Jones Jr. I was gonna. I appreciate him asking that because I was kind of circ- thinking about circling that coming back around to it. So yeah. You know, he's shooting, I think, right around 35% now for the season. He's one out. He went one for three tonight. You mean from three or from the field? From three. Sorry, from okay. three. He's still shooting. He's shooting well from the field. Um, so that's kind of the thing is you wonder how long they can get because he was hitting his threes pretty well for a stretch there. Um, he hit two of six against the Pelicans. Um, when he's hitting threes, like everything kind of makes sense. When he's not it can get a little gummy um, because teams are going to, they're going to, I mean, they're going to dare him to shoot for as long as the Mavericks want to keep playing him with the starters. Cause it's, it's an obvious decision. Like you're giving teams an easy, like it's kind of a double-edged sword. You're giving teams a really easy way to attack you, uh, you know, attack your offense, but also, you know, leaving play NBA players wide open. Isn't always the best, best option because these guys are, are professionals. So that's going to be something to watch, you know, how do they try to get around it? Do they try to maybe move him a little bit more? He was moving. Um, I mean, he had a couple early dunks, diving and cutting yeah. and that sort of thing. And I, I just, if you're going to trap Luca that high, the release valve need, that's where I think, you know, we've yet to see, or at least that much Grant Williams or Kyrie Irving as the, as the screen setter. I think you have to try more stuff like that. Yeah. Instead. Grant. Yeah, Grant set some screens. He caught in a in a, in a couple of three on four or four on threes. He had a really awkward mm-hmm. mid-range miss on one of them because it was just an uncomfortable thing. But yeah, I mean, I mean, historically doubling Luca has been a death knell for teams yep. for like the last couple of years. So I'm not necessarily that concerned. Um, but if teams start to shade, not necessarily maybe hard doubling, but having an extra defender in the paint, you know, on the weak side that can cause a, uh, maybe some cascade of issues if Jones isn't hitting. But again, like you said, Jones is a pretty good cutter. He's not a stagnant player in terms of he's not just a standstill guy. Like he, he's a good cutter and he can finish well. So, so I think we'll need to see um, the thing that's tough is that if green is not, because the answer, the counter is like, okay, if, if they've run the course with, with Jones as a starter and he, he gets a really bad slump, they need to make a change. The natural move is green, but if green's defense does not get better, that's a real tough proposition because they really need the Grant spot and the Jones spot to be not just solid. They need to be plus defenders. Um, So if you're replacing Jones with green, because Jones is going through a slump, 
Green has to be better defensively. He just has to. Um, and, and so that'll be, I think, something to watch going forward. Sure. And the green defensive stuff is something we've touched on a little bit. It's things he can clean up. Yes. Just uh, He's just 23, however old he is, is, is yeah. kind of, you know, when I'm not kicking Josh Green, I'm willing to to, to admit to that. Yeah. Um, let's see here if there's anything else that's that's out there. The Wizards have been historic. Like they've been, they scored one point in the final seven minutes, I think, the other night of a loss. No, one field goal in the final seven minutes of a loss the other night that they were up the whole game. The Wizards are exactly the kind of team, though, I will say this, that can put up point. Like if Jordan Poole, with the kind of defense the Mavs have been playing, Poole has been atrocious, but he he could definitely get hot. Kyle Kuzma is the kind of forward that has just killed Dallas. Just killed <laughs> yeah. I, I hate Kyle Kuzma on principle just because I thought he was one of these Lakers that was overhyped. And the problem with that take is Kyle Kuzma is pretty fucking good. And it, it, he's just the kind of guy. I think Grant Williams will probably get that tough assignment. I'm yeah. looking forward to that game. Um, obviously, because it'll be early. We'll be able to get that out of the way. Yeah, that's a nice reset. Uh, for, for weird reasons, Washington has been a team they've struggled with lately. Well, this is- uh, they lost both games to the Wizards last season. So, uh, I mean, this Wizards team is way worse somehow. So, I mean, I don't know. Weird this things a, happen when they play the Wizards. I'll say this that is much. a good question from fan one, two, three in the chat. He's not actually asking a question. He's just saying like, why do you care that Josh Green is only 23? Cause Josh Green has played like three and a half years of professional basketball total. Like Luca had played basketball since he was 12. Josh Green did not really play basketball seriously until like his junior and senior year of high school. Like there's things Josh Green knows how to do instinctually. And then there's things that he is going to have to be shown. So it's like, I still want to give Green, even though he does drive me crazy. I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt when I'm not mad at him that he can learn these things. Now, are you the kind of person that says, I don't think he can do this? I don't blame you. I don't. But that's, you know, this Mavs team is soup to nuts, better roster than last year. It's why they're eight and three. It's more yep. fun to watch. Like, I know I'm coming back down after killing Luca, but it's like this team is still quite entertaining. They just need to get some of these wins. And that's where it's like this loss frustrates me because there's an element of the schedule coming up where they could get they could just get brought back down to earth in really frustrating fashion. And that's where it's like you want to see things that they can build on and they're shooting really well, but the defensive element paired with like Luca kind of just really looking bad tonight. It just leaves me with a queasy feeling is all. Yeah. I mean, I don't, even in their wins, I mean, they've how many, I don't think they've had a lot of stellar defensive performances so far this season. So that's a concern. And Brian down there in the chat, he came into the live show that I, that I did after um, and essentially said, he's like, the Mavericks can't let Hawkins get these shots. And <laughs> what did they do? They let the Haw- like, cause Hawkins just missed the other night and he hit five threes. He took 12. Um, yep. it's, it's, that was, that was pretty killer. So it's just, yep. the Mavs yep. have a lot of stuff to clean up. And I want, I, I think where we're, where I get a little bit frustrated is through 12 game or I'm sorry, 11 games. I haven't seen them clean up that much from game one to game 11. It's just, they're so superior offensively that it hasn't mattered. Right, right, yep. And I think, so yeah, that's a concern. You haven't really seen them, like, put the clamps down and, and have a really strong, you know, they'll have one for, like, a quarter or, or a stretch, yeah. but we haven't seen it. I don't think we've seen a wire-to-wire really solid defensive effort yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two more things I'm thinking I wanted to hit on because I know we're kind of probably winding down. One is that I think 
another thing to keep for perspective if you want to be a glass half full guy is that this isn't the Mavericks thing. It is hard for NBA teams in the regular season to beat the same opponent in back-to-back games. Like it's if you look at it, like the data, the stats, the record, or it it's almost universally like a split. Like it's just it's just hard. I don't know. That's just kind of how it is. There's probably some some bigger reasons that I, I don't want to go into uh, right now, like we could talk about, but like the Mavericks were behind the eight ball sort of just from the odds of winning this game just because they won the other game. It's just hard to beat teams in back-to-back games uh, to go 2-0 in these little, these little back-to-back game series. So that's one thing. Another thing I'll say, like tactically, uh, that was different. Um, boy, oh boy, was it a big difference for New Orleans having uh, Herb, Herb Jones in the starting lineup opposed to Jordan Hawkins like replacing your six, five rookie guard, who isn't really known as being a great defender with like your all NBA level, your all defense level uh, wing. I mean, it was, it was noticeable from the jump uh, that the Pelicans were a bit sturdier on the defensive end. And that's part of what was a little disappointing about this game was the Mavericks didn't really react to that. Like, like Herb Jones lives in the passing lane. Like there are three passes yeah. that I remember off the top of my head where they passed to him. He, he didn't even steals. have to do anything. It's like they threw the ball to Herb. It's like, come on. yeah, like you would have fired up again. I know I, you just would have liked to be like, hey, you're playing. You're not playing the same lineup again. You're, you can't just do, you know, yep. they needed to do something different. And they just kind of rolled out there like they were they could just do whatever they wanted. And they were playing a very different Pelicans team tonight. That's for sure. So that's true. Okay. I'm not going to do a live show tonight because we have another game tomorrow. I'm still tired from baby stuff. I got to go to bed. <laughs> um, right over to Mavs Moneyball. We had some good good posts today. Uh, I liked a lot of what the team turned in writing-wise. So if you've not been to Mavs Moneyball yet, go through, scroll around. We post anything between you know two and four, sometimes more, posts per day. And we'll be back tomorrow night to uh, recap this game. And then I'll try to do another fan live show after the fact. But I, I think if I talk more about this game, the more I talk about this <laughs> game, the more likely I am to say something extremely stupid. And I just need to stop while I'm ahead. Let's keep your blood pressure. No, it's not blood pressure. Like I'm our, like I get, I, I try not to let fans yelling at me affect my takes, but like, I'm going to get yelled at for this one tonight because like, I was already like, I had this one guy who messaged me. was like, Luca's not a point guard. And I'm just like, <laughs> Well, four-time All NBA point guard. I know Luka Doncic is not a point guard. He's always not an athletic. It's like just like some of. The, I love talking basketball with people, but I need people to stop being this kind of silly with like defending of Luka and things. And it's like it's. Ugh. I know. We'll Whatever. be okay. It's the internet. This is this yep. is what I I love talking to people. So sometimes I'm going to get. Uh, I, I need to let stuff roll off me more, but that wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> All right, everybody be good. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow and go Mavs. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.